Hi, everybody. This is your host, Mike Neglia, and you're listening to the 18th episode of the Expositors Collective podcast. I feel like 18 is a bit of a milestone, so we're like a fully legal adult now in the podcast world. Um, but this episode, I think you're really going to like uh, myself and Clay. As we sat down with Pastor Ray Bentley from Maranatha Chapel, uh, the conversation went like wonderfully off script. Um, as we talked about the sermon preparation and delivery process, but the Holy Spirit's involvement in both. And then also the Holy Spirit's work of applying truth to people's hearts on the spot. Um, and so I really i am confident that you're going to be inspired and encouraged as you listen to this interview. Uh, make sure that you listen to the end as uh, Brian Broderson invites you to our upcoming training weekend in Bradenton, Florida. And then as always, we hope that this episode and all the episodes and all the training weekends, they all come together to encourage you in your personal study and your public proclamation of God's word. And welcome to the Expositors Collective uh, podcast. Uh, it's uh, me and Clay, and uh, we get to sit with uh, Ray Bentley uh, to talk about um, some things that I think he's really excited about. Uh, we're talking about preaching, yeah. the Holy Spirit, yes. and a bunch of other stuff. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> Let's go. Um, so, Ray, um, <clears throat> a question that I often start these conversations with is, um, can, you, can you take us to your very first sermon? Like, where were you? How old were you? How did it go? Mm. You know, um, I do remember it. My first sermon was uh, at the church that I actually started in the cafeteria of the high school I had graduated from uh, not too long earlier than that. And um, uh, so I knew that I was going to be, you know, teaching weekly, regularly. And I wanted it to, I just said, Lord, I I feel like I want to go to the Gospels and I want to go to the Gospel of John. So I taught Gospel of John, chapter 1. Mm. I don't remember exactly you know, the outline of the details, okay. but I wanted to start with the Gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and mm. the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And work my way through the Gospel of John. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so that was your, your first sermon ever. That was my first sermon as a pastor, not my first sermon ever. I taught Bible studies uh, that were probably, you know, that were in my parents' house, starting when I was a freshman, uh, 15 years of age, you know, in San Diego and in high school. And I started a Bible study, invited some of the friends on the football team and the wrestling team. And um, I think that probably was the Gospel of John as well. So Ah. uh, that's where that's kind of my around. Yeah, yeah, my that's my starting point. You know, I want the gospel. I want to start with John. These things were written that you might believe yeah. that Jesus is the Son of God. And do you feel like um, both your first sermon as a pastor and your first sermon ever, did they go well? Do you remember, like, feeling good about it? Yes, I, I do. Um, because to me, the word is awesome. The word is amazing. I, it's not that I felt like I did a, the greatest Bible study. 
I just felt like the content, just reading the Gospel of John, making a few comments about it, the weight is in the word itself. It's gold. Wow. Mm, so yeah. I, I felt honored and privileged to be able to share that. I love it. Oh, man. That's great. Yeah. Um, so how, how old were you then, if you don't like mind me asking? Okay, so uh, the first Bible study was probably when I was 15. Right. Uh, my first uh, pastoral Bible study, I uh, was probably uh, 20. I believe I was 20 years of age. Okay. Wow. wow. You, said um, you, you only recently graduated. So I'd yeah, only recently that's, graduated. Re- that's, that's recent. Yeah, yeah because I, I, what I did, I, I, I was in a Wesleyan church, and at that time I thought I was going to be a Wesleyan pastor, but I heard this guy in San Diego come preach named Chuck Smith. Hmm. And, I, and I remember the Bible study. I was 18 years of age. I remember the Bible study that Chuck gave when I was 18. It was from the Gospel of John, chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. 39. If any man come after me and will thirst, I will give him rivers of living water, will gush forth out of his innermost being. I had never heard an expository sermon before like that. And I, and I went up to him with a pencil and a notebook. Where did you go to college? I want to learn the Bible like you. Wow. <laughs> and he said, well... We don't have that right now, but if you want, uh, oh, you could move up, you know, to Orange County and all. Ray, uh, I said, well, where would I live? And he goes, uh, I don't know. Uh, we have, you know, house ministries and all. So I said, what are the, you know, give me a name. And he gave me the House of Psalms, and I ended up moving up to the House of Psalms, wow. lived in the House of Psalms with 30 other crazy uh, young people for a, over a year. Wow. Uh, you know, did the Chuck tapes, cassettes, and then... Finally went to the Bible school up in Twin Peaks and then came back to my home and started in the cafeteria of the high school I graduated from two years earlier and started Maranatha wow. Chapel. I love it. Man, and and I love that you remember a sermon you heard at 18. Yes. Whereas yeah. you don't exactly remember a sermon you <laughs> preach at, at 20. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. yeah that's, yeah. that's really interesting. That's cool. Yeah. That's really um, good. Okay. So that's, that's, that's great. Yeah. I love that. I love that passion. Um, I, yeah. So, what do you think? So you started as a younger preacher, mm-hmm. um, quite quite young. Um, what are what are maybe ways that younger preachers can kind of get things wrong? If if I could ask it in a negative way, or or where's the room for improvement in uh, this generation's younger preachers? Um, well, I think you know. I guess I'll look at myself, and if you know, so I'm now I'm 61. So if I go back to counsel my 20 year old self, mm. I would say. Um, that it's it's not hard to come up with information. You can put together you, commentaries, materials, listen to studies, podcasts, whatever. And the problem is not giving material. The problem, the biggest thing that I would encourage uh, young preachers to pray about is the wisdom of what to to whittle away yeah. hmm. and and what right. to actually say. So you have to speak a little bit of uh, you know context. Uh, where where are we? What's going on? What's being said? And then application. Yeah. Um, I was probably weakest in application. I love giving the history. Here's what the Bible says. Here's what the Greek means. And then ta-da. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was probably weak on what does this mean to me? What is the application? So I guess, at least for me, I would encourage my younger self, pray about not only what does this say, what does this mean, but how does this apply to myself and to the people I'm talking to? Yeah. Application is very important. Mm-hmm. Very important. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. And, and, and you, you, you mentioned briefly that it's 
you know, um, a sermon needs to be trimmed down. You yes. Know? And, and I, I know when I started preaching uh, a little over 10 years ago, not nearly as long as you have, that was my biggest mistake was I would just exhaust the text and I felt like I had to tell everything everything because yes. I was so excited about it and yes. I learned so much and and a huge part of sermon preparation is is that editing is yes it, you know mm. uh, yeah and really and yeah me too same same thing and maybe for younger preachers it almost like preaching a long sermon is like a badge of honor right. you know to say like you're not gonna I, I preach for you know 65 minutes you know right. the, the bible you know um and there's an like, excitement about that but you know like bless the hearts of the people that that right. uh, that listen to it because especially when you're youngest that's the when you're the most excited to talk the most yes and then also the least experienced and mm. like the the art of public speaking etc there, there um, is yeah there there is uh an art of public speaking keeping people's attention, yep. knowing that they're tracking with you, and when to surf with the wave, like maybe land the plane a little early or bring in application or, you know. So those are things that are important. Yeah. takes experience and time. Yeah. And so from the, the messages that I've, that I've heard from you, I actually find you to be quite strong in application. Hmm. Um, and so to, to hear that that was something that you felt was lacking in your younger years, it, it, means, had, that it means that you consciously improved. Yes, um, I how, have really had to work on it. <laughs> yeah, how, how can someone who is, let's say, weak in application grow in that area? Well, here's one thing that I <clears throat> have done at, at times and seasons. I'll, I'll get a, a group of people together kind of go over the you know here's the the scripture that we're going to be looking at and then i'll even from my staff you know from you know different walks of life i'll say so what is here's what i the heart of it this is what i think is the heart of it but what does that mean to you or what what do you find what would be applicable hmm. so i've asked questions and gotten some interesting answers from you know the the assistants uh, to the you know, the guys that clean that you know and they have different perspectives on what grabs them and I've found some interesting things like that that's that's really good so you 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 do your application work with real life people. real life people yeah um, and I don't, that's yeah. yeah and I don't take a long time I just go okay here's that you guys know this passage uh, you know and here's kind of the main points and I give one or two or three points and then I go so what do you guys you know what questions do you have what application yeah. and I just and then I take a few notes and then sprinkle that into it. Oh, wonderful! That's wow. a great idea. Wow! Yeah, yeah. I, I know of another another preacher who does maybe something similar, maybe a step or two beyond. He takes his sermon manuscript or his 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 draft anyway on Wednesday or Thursday, and then sends it in the Google Documents to a, a select team, um, and they read it, and then they can make comments in different colors. And, um, you know, to get the perspective of a single mom, to get the perspective of um, the, the Greek scholar from the seminary on the road, <laughs> and then to get their input, and then he kind of synthesizes that together. <laughs> um, that's kind of a more high-tech version. Um, yeah, yeah, but the same thing, you know. Yeah. So. I, I've been aspiring to do that ever since, but I just haven't actually started yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so something like... like um, so yeah, I've I've some some great friends that are um, on staff at at Maranatha, and I love I love visiting the campus and spending time with them. And there's something that I've just been noticing in the past couple of years, like it's like there's a lot of holy stu- holy spirit stuff <laughs> going on um, on on campus. There's a lot of holy spirit stuff like being emphasized yes. um, in the church, and it seems like there's a season of that going on. Is that would you recommend yes. that? Or, sorry, would you agree? Yes, and it comes out of my own life and experience that a couple of years ago I just felt like. 
Lord, I've been doing this for some years, and now I, I want to go deeper. And a scripture, you know, where it says, press for the mark of the prize of the high calling of God. I said, I, I just, you know, the world is getting crazier in so many different ways. Um, so much anxiety is in our generation. Uh, and I, I wanted to address that. I go, I need to press in. I need the Holy Spirit. I need the power of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so one of the things, so I, I just said to the Lord, what do, what do I do? And he said, so he brought the word to mind where Paul is exhorting Timothy, stir up the gifts that are in you. So I was like, okay, Lord, uh, I'm teaching the word every week, which is kind of like prophesying, edifying, mm -hmm. encouraging, building up. And he goes, yeah, what about some of the other gifts? And then he brought to my mind the gift of tongues. I got baptized in the spirit when I was 15. I spoke in tongues. And he's like, well, what about tongues? I go, well, I, I do speak in tongues um, occasionally. He's like, well, when do you use tongues? And I said, well, usually when uh, something really cool happens, and I don't want to just say thank you a million times, and so I'll, if something really is supernatural, I just you know, go, you know, I speak in tongues. He goes, okay, but what did Paul say about tongues mm. when he was talking to the Corinthians? <laughs> and I'm thinking, uh, you know, I'm thinking of teaching this and that. And he goes, no, personally, what did Paul say? I said, well, Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you all. And he said, do you think Paul would be a good example to follow? I go, yeah. He goes, why don't you start speaking in tongues more? And let me start. So anyway, I started intentionally praying in tongues more intentionally. And that's led to me to a journey where God's been opening up. I started hearing the voice of the Lord in new ways. And the Lord started speaking to me. He said, hey, you do commun communion about once a month. If you will start praying for me to heal people after communion, after they've repented and gotten close to the Lord and the body and the blood and all of that, I will start supernaturally healing people. I was like, okay. <laughs> so so I, I tried it out, yeah. you know. Instead of usually waiting to, you know, if you want prayer, come to the front. We always have done that. But he said, no, uh, you out front, ask. Ask, he told me, ask everyone who is battling a sickness, an illness, a disease, or even something chronic, uh, to stand up mm. that you want to pray so like I couldn't believe how many people stood up wow. Mike and Clay it was like wow, I didn't know how sick my church was and we all started <laughs> laughing yeah. yeah and then the yeah. Lord spoke to me again and he said ask everybody that knows someone that they care about that is struggling physically but they can't be here because they're in the hospital or in they're somewhere and they stand in for proxy for them and I asked them to stand up well, by, when I did that, there was almost nobody left sitting. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So I said, okay, those well, of you that are well and are sitting, stand up with all these others. Wow. You guys lay hands on one another. I said, listen, we're doing this. Usually we can do it up front, but you can do it too because all of us are mobile carriers of the Holy Spirit. And we lay hands because the Spirit of God can be released through prayer in unity and agreement in the name of Jesus. We've been given power and authority, so let's pray. And so then I started leading them in prayer, and God has started healing people of supernatural things and wow. uh, just releasing that prayer and releasing that faith. P uh, tumors, uh, this lady said, I had a tumor, and you mentioned if anybody's got a tumor, Lord, we just pray that tumor would die, that it would wither and collapse. She goes, I was thinking about others, but I had a tumor the size of a golf ball on my neck, and I heard a pop. No way. And I felt a pop in my neck, and I went up and I reached and it was gone. She still thought, well, it probably moved inside. She goes to the doctor. He goes, what did you do? 
because they were going to remove it. And she goes, well, I went to church and they had communion and prayed and God, is it gone? He goes, yeah, it's gone. You wow. don't need surgery. Wow. And he goes, man, he goes, you know what? I'm a believer, but I got to start praying more, man. This is amazing. <laughs> so anyway, then the cancer started being healed and healed. And so now the word started spreading. People are going, man, bring your friends and your neighbors because God is in the house. He's healing people. So kind of tying in this week with the power of evangelism is the power of the Holy Spirit. When God does healings, that shows people Jesus is alive. He's not dead. He's risen. He is among us. He heals, but he can save and deliver. So yeah. anyway, that's a, a little bit kind of what's been going on. Yeah, that, you know, that's so neat to hear. And, and, and you know, this, this podcast is the, the Expositors Collective podcast, right? And we've been talking a yeah, lot about... Yeah, we're going to have to delete all this stuff. You know, we can't preaching. do it, no. <laughs> uh, no, but, but, you know, that's, I think, why this is so neat to have this conversation, because we're talking a lot about, about teaching the Bible mm-hmm. and being faithful to Scripture and, and, and all that. And sometimes it gets, whether it be functionally or in people's minds or, or, or whatever, where it's these kind of things are opposed to one another. It's like you're either a Bible person or a Holy Spirit yeah. person. You know, you either have that. And, and, and what's amazing is that when you have that openness to the Holy Spirit and when the Spirit begins to move in your midst and do these miraculous things, the only way that that's going to be something that's lasting and strong and sustainable and totally Christ-glorifying is if it's founded on a strong teaching of the Amen. Word of God, right? Amen. And so, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, taking... We talked about application. This is the application of the gospels Amen. is yeah. Jesus said, I gave you power and authority yes. to lay hands on the sick and they will be healed and cast out demons. They'll be delivered. And so to me, expository preaching has two elements. Number one, we must declare the truth of the word of God. Yep. But Jesus also encourages number two, there must be a demonstration of the yep. power and the presence that our word is true. Yeah. Amen. And that's where it comes in. Wonderful. Wow. Wonderful. Man, I'm <laughs> excited. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so, like from there, from there, to talk about kind of the, the nitty gritty of of sermon prep, but maybe yes. like what what role has the Holy Spirit in your sermon prep? Does does the Holy Spirit only work after communion? You know? Yeah, yeah, no, of course not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I'd love to hear. I guess yeah, like how how that relationship with the Holy Spirit yeah. I think takes place not just on Sunday, but in that leading up to it. Yes, I, that's great. You know, that that was just like, you know, it's something we all, at least Calvary, we do once a month, ca- communion. It's like the Lord was saying, give me a little bit of space to start, you know, moving and in prayer through after communion. And so that's happened. Uh, but like this last week, I did a study on uh, John the Baptist. He's in prison and he's full of anxiety and he's full of depression. Now, you know, many years ago, I, I could have given a great three-point sermon on John the Baptist and depression and all of that. What I think now I try to really land on, and God began, you know, I, I want to be open to the Holy Spirit. The Lord told me as I prepared this message, he goes, there are going to be dozens of people that are right now wrestling with tremendous, severe anxiety yeah. and depression. And I want you to address them, and um, I want you to call them out that I hear them, I know they're suffering, and minister to them. So I gave the Bible study and I said, how many of you are wrestling with severe anxiety and depression and doubt right now and you know can you imagine how many hands mm-hmm. went up oh, yeah. I said let's lay hands and be the body of Christ and pray for them that God will give them and I use the points of my message the Lord wants you to know you can share your uh, feelings because John said where are you you know we thought you were the guy should we look for another yeah. one he shared his fears maybe I made a mistake uh, and then finally it was like no I'm with you John and 
and you know the word is coming to pass uh, the prophecies are happening be encouraged you you've done the right thing so I just use those three things how many and minister to the people being led by the Holy Spirit and it just comes together so beautiful and, and, and that's that's really um, the prophetic edge of, of preaching the Bible isn't it you yes. know where, where it's not it's not just information but you're through the, the the spirit of God guiding you you're in touch with the, the people the individuals and the community yes. <clears throat> that you're preaching to it's just not like a, a, a faceless mass of people there's right. souls there there's spirits there that you you know yes you know, and the spirit of God is so what I when I start preparing a message whatever topic it is God begins ministering to me by the Holy Spirit there's going to be people this is like you're reading their mail this yeah. weekend and I'm talking to them, and I want you to press into them and yeah. say, God knows, he, he, this is not a coincidence. You're here listening to this message today. Yes. Yeah. God brought you here, and we're going to bring it all the way to the home base, yeah. you know, and pray yeah. it in. Awesome. Yeah. Now, can, can you take us um, just real quick through uh, step by step on a weekly basis what your study rhythm is? What, what do you do to prepare yeah. a sermon? Okay, so, <clears throat> you know, we go verse by verse. I'm going through the Gospel of Matthew. So generally, I will take the next section of verses or story, and I'm reading it. I, I want to read it, uh, you know, uh, several times yeah. at different times uh, through the week. Number two, I love reading a wide variety of materials on it. For me, now that I'm in the Gospels, like I, since it's the Gospel of Matthew, I intentionally, and for those who know me, uh, begin to the Jewish perspective. So I, I have a friend who is a Messianic rabbi, mm-hmm. Jewish rabbi, mm-hmm. who is a believer in Jesus, who wrote a commentary on the Gospel of Matthew, oh, Ra- cool. Rabbi Barney Cosden. He says stuff that's not in any of my other commentaries. Yeah, great. So I love to get that perspective. Of course, you know, I like it. David Guzik has got a great, <laughs> you know, uh, be careful not to just cut and paste David Guzik or just say thank yeah. you and God bless David Guzik. Right. He is wonderful. Warren Wiersbe is always wonderful. But then I always have a several other. I, if you're only going to be covering for me seven to ten verses, let's say, uh, I can read a lot of different commentaries. Yeah. That's not a lot. Sure. Yeah. So I like getting a wide variety. But there may be somebody that really, and it can be different every week that it's highlighted to me it's speaking to me what speaks to me is what i want to glean from and incorporate yeah yeah good wow and then i then the last thing i do so now i've studied i'm ready to write it yeah i write my what i call life lessons which is i used to do this last uh which is the application now i do it up front wow i try to come up with what are my i usually have between three or four once in a while, five life lessons. What's the application? Yeah. And I write that down first because I already, I got the history. I got all the other stuff I can fit into it, but I want to be able to bring it home that I'm applying this. This is a God's word for you for such a time as this. Yeah. Mm. Good. Yeah. Then I fill out the outline after that. Okay. Yeah. yeah so I was going to ask, can I, what, what do your um, notes look like? Do you do manuscript? Or <laughs> so my, my notes, uh, <laughs> I've found out that for me, I like to, you know, for better or for worse, my preaching style is uh, on a Sunday morning. It's about forty-five minutes, mm-hmm. um, so it's not thirty and it's not an hour. Um, but uh, I do it in a correct. I do it in an outline form. Yeah. Uh, so I have you know my main you know like Roman numeral one is the heading of the whole deal, yep. and then A is this is the main theme, and then from there I have bullet points are my um, 
what do you call it, life lessons. Okay. And yeah. then the smaller are anecdotes, quotes, history, illustrations, and then you arrange that underneath that. So, and for me, it's about seven pages of the notes. If I have eight or nine, I'm going to be preaching way too long. Yeah. If I get four, uh, it's too short. Yeah. Um, so I kind of know how many, for me, six, about six or seven pages is about a 45-minute yeah. message. And I've, I've never been on a Sunday, but I've been a few Wednesday nights, and there's like a handout with fill-in-the-blanks. Yes. Who, who, do you make those? Yeah, what, I, what I do is I take my life lessons, mm-hmm. and I, I usually leave a fill-in-the-blank. Because I find that a lot of people, they like they really look forward to. They try to guess what it's going to be totally. and what I'm going to say, and they're reading the text yeah, and they well. make a game out of it. And then I put the scriptures that I want to read together. Okay. And uh, you know, so anything else? If there's something I really think, like a word definition, I'll I'll put that in there. But I want to leave them a little room to write notes as well. Okay. Excellent. Man, you're a, you're a, you're an inspiration <laughs> to us all. Um, hey, so how how can people like? If this is the first time someone's listening to your voice, how can they hear more of your voice? <laughs> if they want to, if they want to hear this preaching in action, um, uh, can they find you online? Yes, you know I have an app, uh, Ray Bentley app. Oh, wow. that, that's free. That's online. You can get, get my app. series yeah. messages on that, <laughs> cool. uh, or you can go to maranathachapel.org, and it will. You know, you have to look on the web and then find out the various series. I've got a series, and then my son-in-law Sean's got some from Wednesday nights, and. And you can find the notes and all of that. So, yeah. Okay, excellent. Social media. Uh, social media. Um, you got an Instagram account? Uh, yeah, I don't use Instagram so much, and I've just started using Twitter. Uh, so I'm going to start having to add to that more. Yeah, I'll have to work on the Instagram or whatever. Well, I, I feel after our conversation, especially an appropriate way to end this episode of, of this podcast is to ask you to pray for the, the listeners that especially the, the young preachers that will yes. be listening to this. Would you mind? Yes, I, w- I would love to. Okay. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you and I want to thank you Lord for uh, young uh, people that uh, in the name of Jesus I pray that their desire uh, to teach your word you would bless it, anoint it Lord, I pray you would put fire in their spirit, fire in their minds, mm-hmm. fire in their heart, fire in their bones, yes, God. Uh, that they would love your word. And I pray the first person they enjoy preaching to the most would be themselves, mm-hmm. that you would show them the life application. They would personalize every single thing they learn, read, and study, and personally draw from the wells of salvation, the rivers of the living water. And as they are personally encouraged and built up and comforted and edified as a child of God, that they would then have a tremendous desire to let that overflow and minister to the emptiness and loneliness, uh, the anxiety that is in our generation, many, many lonely, needy people, and that they will find the greatest joy and thrill is pouring the rivers of living water into those thirsty vessels and watching them come alive, their eyes open, their ears open, their hearts be tenderized, the scales come off their eyes, and they come alive yeah. in the Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, yeah. amen. Amen. Wow, thank you so much. Right? Amen. It's fun. Thank you, guys. Hey, I want to talk to you about Expositors Collective. This is Pastor Brian Broderson, and I've been involved in two of the Expositors Collectives up until this point in Southern California and also in Denver. And these are really amazing times for 
uh, young men and women who have a desire to teach and preach God's word to get some practical instruction and some hands-on experience as well. So uh, we have a number of, of lectures surrounding preaching and teaching, and then we break into small groups where we can discuss the, the topic and, and kind of, you know, just give some counsel and advice. And and even each person in the group gets an opportunity to put together a little outline and to do a preaching themselves. And then, you know, we just kind of talk about what that message was like and give some constructive criticism if necessary. But, you know, it, it's really in my experience, been a great time. I've I've enjoyed it, and I think those that have participated have enjoyed it as well. So we're having a third Expositors Collective in Bradenton, Florida, and that's going to be November 30th through December 1st of 2018, and we're really looking forward to that, and so we'd love to invite you out. You can register for that at expositorscollective.com. Uh, so once again, if you're between 18 and 34 and you're either already preaching or you're uh, wanting to preach at some point, that's just a desire that you have. Uh, come on out and get some practical encouragement and equipping. So uh, November 30th through December 1st, Bradenton, Florida, and um, hope to see you there, expositorscollective.com. 